This is Mission.org. Welcome to Marketing Trends. I'm your host, Jeremy Bergeron, the Vice President of Media Strategy at Mission.org. And this is the show where twice a week, you'll get VIP access into the hearts and minds of some of the most influential marketers in the world. On Marketing Trends, we'll do two things. We'll go deep on a human level, and we'll go even deeper on the nitty gritty of what makes for the most successful marketers and strategies today. I'm glad you're here. Now let's get into it. Video marketing is key today, especially when it comes to advertising online. A lot of companies struggle with creating content that really appeals to today's consumers. The good news is I have an incredible guest expert on today's episode to give you insights into what is working for major brands. Where video trends are going right now is mainly super short form. You're seeing it with TikTok, you're seeing it with Instagram reels, even the YouTube video shorts, and everyone really investing on the short form. But there's also the notion of that's very UGC. And you're seeing other video content producers really pushing on the Hollywood-style entertainment. Caroline Blavet, VP of Global Client Strategy at Dailymotion, is on the front lines of video content creation. Her team helps some of the biggest brands like Netflix and Vice discover what is working and where the trends are actually going. With nearly 400 million active monthly users, she knows exactly what people want. So don't miss this episode as she gives tips every marketer should know from beginning to end. Now let's get into it. Let's talk about daily motion. You know, let's talk about what it is, who you're serving, you know, from the outside, kind of outside looking in, like, what is the vision? Tell us about the business. Because I've, I've heard of it before, but as I was asking other folks from the team, they were like, wait, what is Daily Motion? I think I know. I don't know if I know. So tell the world, uh, what is Daily Motion? I mean, very simply put, Daily Motion is a video streaming platform. Our focus has been, for the most part, on premium content only. So instead of focusing on UGC or user generated content, like a lot of uh, social media platforms, we focus on working with partners that have their own professionally produced content. So partners like uh, Vice, Condé Nast, Publications, Meredith Publications. And on top of the video streaming, we also have an ecosystem of over 2,000 publishers or so worldwide that use our player. So we're also player technology. Those two combined together create our audience. And we're talking about, you know, what, a couple hundred users, a couple thousand users. What kind of users are we talking about at Daily Motion? Worldwide, we're 395 monthly active users. And obviously, our presence is, is much larger in Europe. We're originally, we are a French company. We're based and headquartered in France. So a lot of our, our efforts have been mainly in Europe. We are expanding. Uh, we do have offices in Singapore. We have offices in New York. But our in terms of business focus is expanding now into the U.S. and LATAM. So uh, while our numbers are still small in the U.S., they're definitely growing. But our main presence, I would say, is in the NBA. Wow. Well, in terms of users on the hosting platform itself, and we're talking over 300 million, you know, we're talking major brands, Vice, People, Universal Music Group, Condé Nast, as she mentioned. So 
if you don't know, now you know Daily Motion is not going anywhere and they're making some moves and it sounds like globally. So before we get into kind of global scale, I'm curious about this comes up sometimes in in terms of like third party tracking. How has disabling third party tracking affected Daily Motion? For the most part, not yet so much. And anything that you know is, is cookie based is, is not going to have immediate effects. We're thinking they, they punted it back what, to, to 2023 now. We're all prepping for it. And we've been prepping for it for the past two years. But I think no one is going to make that major change until they actually need to. The way that we are, are seeing impact right now is just the way that we work with our advertisers in terms of, okay, well, what do you want to target instead? Here is what's available. And here is the, the gamut of data that you can target against and who's opting in, who's opting out, et cetera, and, uh, and adapting uh, what the, the campaign targeting is going to be with regards to, to that. What do you think is the most important piece of data that you can get about a consumer from a daily motion perspective? People come to daily motion to watch long form and short form content, professionally produced. What's interesting for us is really saying, okay, well, here are the trailers that they're watching. <laughs> here are the DIY videos that they're watching, et cetera. These are the cooking videos. And from there, you start to create profiles. I think the, the biggest thing that we're pushing forward is uh, the audience segments that we're building based on the content that they're watching. What makes good video content in this kind of modern, I mean, rapidly changing world that we're in, what makes for good video content now in this modern era? It's a tricky question to answer because where video trends are going right now is mainly like super short form. You're seeing it with TikTok, you're seeing it with Instagram reels, even you know the YouTube video shorts and everyone really investing on the short form. But there's also the, the notion of the, that's very UGC and you're seeing other video content producers really pushing on the, let's say, Hollywood style entertainment. But it's not always successful. I think of like Qubit, was it QB? Sorry, not QB. QB mm -hmm. that really pushed that forward. And I think they closed in December because it was just too expensive to produce all that content. So for us, there's a place for Daily Motion, I truly believe, to have this video content where it's not super expensive to produce. It's not UGC. And I realize that's not often talked about, but a ton of these publishers actually do invest in putting video content out there that is being overlooked. And I think we can definitely offer to our brands like a very brand safe environment from professionally produced content creators. Is there also a bit of strategy from your side to the major brands like Vice and People and Universal Music Group, right? Because to me, you could almost inform them of like, hey, this is the kind of content that you should be creating, could be creating. You need more of this, less of that. Is there is there a kind of a dialogue that way? Or is it like just, hey, look, I mean, because I think of a vice, we've had vice on our, our shows too. And, you know, they create great content. They're great. Right. So, but there's insights and things that you have that I think would be valuable from, from that side. Is that happening a lot? We, we definitely do share back. I think that could be way more formalized and structured in the way that we do it. Day Motion is a small team. We're 300 people worldwide. It's tiny <laughs> for, for the size that we are. So there, there's only so much, but in terms of our partner offering, yes, I, we have conversations with our partners very regularly with some of them, depending on the depth of relationship, we will be providing insights. Honestly, it doesn't even go, what you're talking about, I think is super sophisticated. And it's even, it's even before that, it's even like where the placement of the video, where it goes, sure. <laughs> the of your ads, just advice on, on the size of video. Like we, we also work with a lot of partners, you know, who, who aren't as uh, video savvy, as vices, <laughs> mm -hmm. or as like a Condé Nast is, with whom we have a lot of conversations about improving kind of 
what that video experience on their site could be. On the note of short form, obviously being a, that's a big one. I mean, we're seeing that as well. We started, we started uploading all of our podcast interviews. We made a video last year. We started putting them on YouTube and, and all the platforms and things. And you can see, obviously, short form. I mean, it's, it's as a consumer, I'm there all the time. What's the first thing I'm doing? I'm just looking at a couple of clips and I'm out. What are you seeing inside of the short form content? You know, I know there's a lot of brands you work with, but are there different things stylistically? Are there strategies in high level or, or you know, things that you're noticing within the short form? It seems like there's a voracious uh, appetite for it now. Are you seeing innovative, new, interesting things happen in that short form play and any visibility there? One of the things that always comes up, and it's not going to be really a surprise. I don't know how much of an insight you'll find this, but it's, you know, episodical <laughs> helps a lot in any, in any way, shape or form. But I think it's the storytelling aspect of, of that form. And this works even for advertising, episodical storytelling type of advertising, even videos. If you're, you know, reduce it from your 30 second to your 15 second, make it short, but mm. different is, is something that I find works very well. And thinking of ensuring brand safety and technology, like how do you use technology to help ensure brand safety and properly targeted content? Yeah. I mean, it's the whole premise of daily motion. Like the whole reason why we geared away from monetizing user-generated content was to be able to position ourselves as like a hallmark for brand safety. It starts up front with the vetting the partners that we work with. So that's not so much a technology play so much as it is a relationship one and kind of the our vetting process. And then there's there's the technology part of it, which a lot of it is proprietary, so I can't go into the details of it. But yes, you know, we have a lot of internal systems that looks at content and and flags, let's say, in various ways and form uh, mm. what we find appropriate. What are some of the biggest challenges that, that you face looking into 2022 in terms of content and safety? The big one we've already been faced with is, is kind of the, the COVID news overwhelmingness that I think sure. has taken over all of our our. Our, our news in general, even uh, even casual, <laughs> uh, which in the beginning was very difficult for advertisers to feel comfortable monetizing, like you know, advertising against, which I think there's been an ease to be okay with that now as it becomes our part of our daily life. I'm, I'm curious to see how that will evolve in 2020. We had su- such a great 2021 in terms of, of comeback. I do feel there's a, a, a new hesitancy now with advertisers at the beginning of 2022 because of Omicron, mm. et cetera. So we'll see, we'll see how that evolves over the course of the year. In terms of this concept of like, you know, safety, you know, and content, like how does that conversation look like globally, right? Cause you're serving people, you know, country to country. Is it the same or is it, are you kind of having to do things differently because you're communicating with folks that are in different countries? We adapt very much regionally. Mm-hmm. Uh, the needs and definition of what is safe brand safe uh, varies already from advertiser to advertiser but let's say more broadly uh region to region absolutely acceptance of certain things in asia versus uh, latin america versus the middle east is extremely different than from certain western countries we definitely do adapt but we'll work individually with advertisers with specific needs are there some countries that are doing a better job in terms of business regulations and, and data transparency Europe and, and, and the U.S. are leading on that front. Like there's, there's, there's no doubt about it. It's just there, there are much more mature markets when it comes to, to video. We're decades ahead in terms of the, <laughs> the management of, and curation of that video and also the regulation around it. That makes sense. Yeah. And I'm, and I'm curious, you're probably in all kinds of different types of conversations you know, from different cultures. And 
you talk about the things that they're facing, like you said, you kind of have to adapt. And also, it's not surprising to hear that the you know the U.S. and Europe are you know in some ways leading the way there, and hopefully modeling most of the right ways to do things. I would hope. How do you look at like leveraging data, right? So to help customers, like they want to get the right content made and published. What are some of the ways you're leveraging data to help you know brands do this now? We've actually just built out a whole data insights team just for that. So our, our big focus right now is on, on streaming, but our next one will be on luxury because I do think we've worked a lot and have a good historical buildup with luxury clients coming from France. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's, a, it's a bit of a, a leading market there. So a lot of data and insights and historical information that we can share. Most of it that we do is that we'll set up certain benchmarks through our website using tools on our website, whether it's interviews of our users, whether it's uh, specific tracking, obviously with opt-ins, like we'll do a lot of experimentation on our site to gather that type of data, which we'll then use for data insights for our vertical, verticalized mm. clients. In the sales marketing world, there's always this you know, age-old question that comes up around like modern day kind of alignment between sales and marketing, right? And certainly in your role as VP of Global Client Strategy, you're a stakeholder on the marketing side, you're a stakeholder, you know, on the sales side. What has that been like for you? Has there been some interesting experiences that you've had that have kind of shaped what you do now? How do you view the kind of sales marketing relationship and especially in the world that you're playing in now with video? We're a small company. So we're, we're talking about, you know, working with fewer resources and trying to do very large scale <laughs> activities, which is why I think what we're working on for the most part, everything that we do, has to have a global take on it. Even though we then like, you know, decline it to the local markets, the first point of attack for us is is very global every time. And that's been relative, at least for the past year, since we've instilled this sort of new sales marketing team to help with that global growth in order for them to be able to to do it well, they do it from that perspective. Dailymotion has gone through like these phases. We used to be very engineering first. There was a slow shift in the past, like, you know, year, two years or so towards business first, mainly because we, we built out a product and we need to sell it <laughs> and go to market with it. And with that, now comes this sort of new mentality, sales marketing first. Like they should be a directive in terms of where the strategy goes. And then we should all push our efforts in a coordinated way <laughs> across the globe. So now like this verticalization I was talking about, if we're looking at tackling the streaming industry for clients like Hulu, Netflix, et cetera, we would do that from a whole global perspective. That means my markets in Asia and LATAM will all be tackling the same clients, et cetera. But we'll have set up a strategy for that. Is there a play for daily motion branded, created content, right? Because you've got all the publishers sharing content, but like, is there a play like kind of like Netflix does where they have their own sponsored branded shows? Is daily motion venturing there at all? What you're talking about is extremely expensive to produce. It would be a very high, high investment, which I don't think Vivendi is unwilling necessarily to go, mm-hmm. but it's not something that we were focusing on right now. Okay. We do have a studio in-house, but our studio doesn't make that type of content. It helps make advertising content. So how do you view the Netflix and Hulu's of the world? Like, how do you look at those brands? I think they're fantastic. They, they, I mean, they're, they're wonderful. I'm, a, I'm an avid user as well. They, they produce a completely different type of content in a way. So for us, they're... They are our clients. They are potential clients uh, for depending on which markets. But yes, I guess you can say also competitors when it comes to grabbing people's time. I do consider the content to be quite vastly different and there's space for, for all of it in someone's day. 
thinking of kind of your your either career or even your time just a daily motion thinking about like a favorite campaign you know something that was really creative and a project that you know did really well maybe you could share the use case around that we did something with netflix a couple of years ago which was absolutely fantastic uh it was this one was in france I'm forgetting the the name now, but we created a whole game, <laughs> mm. an interactive game as part of the ad because Dailymotion owns the the player and and we also control the environment on Dailymotion, so we can do a ton of creative formats for advertising. It's one of our fortes. That's why we have an internal studio for this stuff. Um, so we've definitely had a lot of fun with custom creative formats. So this particular one was you would start, the ad would start and you'd have control of the decision <laughs> of where that person would I love go this. and I love kind this. Of like played out the game. It was still 30 seconds, but it was super interactive. <sighs> and in the end, most people clicked out and like played the game because we created a little offshoot site for it. Those campaigns are definitely the most fun. And we do quite a few of those, I guess. Netflix is fun because they have so much content to play with. Do you have a favorite failure? You know, something that really was maybe looked like, okay, this is not good, but then maybe ended up either being a really good lesson learned or maybe something shifted and ended up being a great thing. Yes, we had this uh, vertical view format, which is this format we wanted to test out. It basically, you have your video and this ad would kind of not pop up, but it would take over like a vertical sliver of the screen. And it'd play at the same time as the content. It was exciting, I think, when, when we were in production. The executives loved it. But, <laughs> in, but in action with uh, when we were actually selling it with our, our brands, it, it ended up very confusing, I think, for the user. There were two videos playing at once. Uh, you would scroll over for the sound for one, scroll over. for the, in, in terms of the usability, I felt like it was a little bit hard. So we had to rectify the way that it was like introduced because right now it was kind of a, a little bit of interruptive. Um, there was press around it. All of our execs were super excited. And then when it actually just came down to the users in experience, uh, we had to adapt it. <laughs> Definitely lesson learned there. I've seen versions of this in other on other sites as well. And some I'm not I'm not going to mention them because you know we've had some of these folks on our shows. But I will say like some really well known resource sites that a lot of us know of. It's just you go to the site and there's like this thing starts playing. There's a, a banner that takes over half the screen. There's a video that won't stop. I'm just trying to get to the article, you know, and it's like, how do I click? And then I try to click out and it takes me to some lead, you know, lead form. And so as they refine this process, I'm excited because it, it, it is super clunky. And I, I could see to your point, executives might actually like it in a presentation, like look what's possible. But then for user experience, it's it's not not the best. So. As Dailymotion continues to kind of grow and launch, you know, in new countries, what can you share about, you know, the strategy around entering a new culture, a new video market? You need local talent, which mm -hmm. is extremely difficult to, to find because then it's, uh, it's also how do you bring that local talent into your culture as a company, into your vision, et cetera. We were very successful in setting up our sort of small office in Singapore, which is our stakehold in the East, so to say, mm -hmm. and it covers all of the regions. We've had multiple backs and forths on whether or not we open, you know, local offices or we just have our centralized Singapore one because of the question of you actually do have to be local to really understand the culture and the video needs. Just the language alone itself is a barrier, but then there's the whole culturality around what type of video, what type of advertising, what type of clients. Um, so today we, we work with, with contractors locally, contracted out of Singapore, but it's, it is a constant back and forth for us. 
you know, the next one for us is, is Latin America. U.S. is a bit different. You know, we are located here. We have American employees. It's, it's a very large territory. And I'm not going to say it's one culture. It's, it's many, many. <laughs> but there is a underlying one language <laughs> and culture there. So it's a little bit easier to tackle. We're in this very, you could say this, our attention is divided, right? Especially with social media. We've got Facebook, Instagram, of course, TikTok's a big one now. How do you navigate content creation there and make sure that you're getting the right type of content to the right groups? Is it having to get a seat at the table of all these things and like being there, making that part of the experience, getting people back to where you want them to go? Or how do you, yeah, how do you view that? We're in a very um, unique spot where we don't create our content. Right, right. We work with what our partners give us, whether it's, you know, any of the data around it or just the, the content that we can, we can get from it. So we try to do creation through our site for what would, you know, would be best for that. And the way that it, it's set up is that it's a bit more discovery mode. The user will come in and kind of pick their preferences so that they can get fed the things that they want to see, whether it's on entertainment or news or music, et cetera. You ask a good question around, you know, the role of content creators, how we want to play with that, because we've taken kind of the, the brand safety stance of we work with vetted producers, but in a world where UGC is exploding, we can't ignore where the growth is going. <laughs> and if we want true scale at one point, it's something that we, we need to consider. We've had many discussions for us, not so much in you know, let's go UGC, but more what is the definition of a content creator at Daily Motion? If we want to cater to that, what is the unique offering that we can give to them versus these other platforms? It is ongoing. I would say it's a possible next step. Daily Motion is part of Vivendi, which is a French conglomerate. So we, we have a lot of insights from like Canal Plus, Havas Media, UMG, try to feeding into that. We had many discussions. This is a little, little confidential. So I won't get into it, but discussions with UMG on how we can get involved with, they have a lot of content creators on the music side and how that could be represented on daily motion. It is ongoing discussions that I do find interesting specifically in, because of the age and time that we're in the content creation in general. That's really interesting. I, I'm very, I'm bullish on that idea. So I saw that you spoke at Trinet People Force about the future of work. You know, what are some of the kind of best practices for the modern employer to keep a positive and strong company culture across this global and very distributed workforce? Us being a global and tech company, we were very easily poised to, to go uh, remote hybrid, hybrid remote, whatever it is. That was pretty much, you know, done overnight, no problem. So that adaptation, I guess we didn't have as much uh, struggle there, uh, which is lucky. I know for others, that's, that's a bit harder. But I see now and I, you know, I'm back at the office. The office is reopening in, a, in about a week or so and I'm alone. <laughs> no one else is coming back, I think. <laughs> I do think our, our biggest struggle is our new, our new hires. Daily Motion, I think, has done a lot of its retention from its people culture. Um, and so do a lot of companies. And we won't be able to rely on that to maintain, to work on the retention of our, of our talent, which I think is, is really the, the most difficult piece that we'll see with this sort of new remote workforce, mainly because it was such a strong point, at least for us. I am curious how we, we instill culture through this video chat. And I don't think we'll truly be able to remove the, the in-presence necessity for some of these things. 
it may not be quite as necessary for all new hires to feel like they need that anymore. We'll have to figure out what it is instead that people need. There's so much about it in terms of like, is it the value system? Are they aligned with my own, et cetera, et cetera. So maybe it's a, a larger focus on that. But I'm curious to see if that's all talk or if it's a true true trend. I'd love to get your commentary on Web3.0 and this world that we're living in, metaverse. And so we're seeing, you know, a bit of shift into this interactive marketing and all things, of course, Web 3.0 taking off. Is there any kind of marketing potential that you're looking forward to regarding those things? I do find it very exciting. Like when I think of our advertisers, any brand execution in this metaverse is going to be clunky at best in the beginning. I don't see anything super radical. Everything will be quite experimental and I'm actually quite happy for the brands to invest. I think it'll be very exciting, but I'm not sure we'll see anything truly worthwhile till maybe 2023, 24. For sure. Yeah. I'm like you, I'm excited to see where, where, where it ends up. Let's get into the lightning round. Uh, for those of you still with us, still listening, you may wonder like, where does this marketing trends podcast come from? Well, it's brought to you by Salesforce. We love you, Salesforce. Salesforce, when you think of Salesforce, you think of Salesforce bringing marketing and engagement together. If you're interested in learning a bit more, head over to salesforce.com forward slash marketing. Ton of stuff there. Um, let's get into the lightning round. We've got Caroline Blavet. She is the VP of Global Client Strategy at Daily Motion. Caroline, welcome back. Let's get into it. Are you ready for the first question? I'm ready. All right. First question. Texting or talking? Who talking. What do you love and appreciate about yourself? Mm, adaptability. It's <laughs> a good one. Okay. What is your favorite day of the week? Uh, Tuesday. Okay. Okay. Favorite city in the U.S.? Uh, New York. <laughs> mm. <laughs> so classic. What was the last film you saw in a theater? Oh, no, no. James Bond. Oh, okay. Okay. Would you rather be able to speak every language in the world or be able to talk to animals? Oh, no. Every language in the world. Okay. What is your favorite holiday? I like, uh, oh, God. I don't know why. The first thing that came to mind was July 4th, but I can't explain why. I don't think that's my favorite okay. holiday, but <laughs> if I'm playing fair, it's the first thing that came to mind. Okay. That's what we want. Okay. Your last or and or favorite live concert? It was Radiohead. Oh, so good. Okay. That's awesome. You won me over with that. That's the best answer ever. Okay. And scale of one to 10, how good of a driver are you? I'd say I'm, a, I'm like seven, eight. All right. Okay. Please finish the sentence. Something wise your elders taught you was? Don't think about it too much. Mm, I love that one. I wish your elders would have taught me that. So thank you to your elders. Would you rather have invisibility or super strength? Invisibility. Is it wrong for a vegetarian to eat animal crackers? <laughs> Depends why you're a vegetarian. <laughs> that's, a, that's a good answer. Okay. If you weren't in marketing, weren't in global client strategy, what would you be doing? A scuba diving instructor. I like that. Okay. What would you go back and tell your younger self, you know, about being a VP in this organization? Like, what would you go back and tell yourself about that? You're going to really, really enjoy it. Don't get too caught up in the politics of it. Okay. Well, thank you so much for being here today, Caroline. This has been an awesome conversation. Congratulations to you at the Daily Motion Squad. 
it's exciting to see what's coming down down the pipeline here and it's awesome you did great you were an awesome guest thanks for being thank here. you so much jeremy you were very kind <laughs> easy to talk to thank you You have eight seconds to make a connection or risk a click away onto the next topic. The difference lies in your ability to deliver relevant experiences to your audience across devices and across channels. But delivering on a really great experience is impossible without the right people and the right technology. You've got the right people, but your technology choices will make or break someone's experience with your brand. At the center of gravity of your digital experience, Brightspot Content Management System can deliver relevant content, personalized experiences, and cross-channel synergies to create unforgettable brand experiences. So you can be a bright spot in someone's day. Head over to brightspot.com forward slash marketing trends to find out right now. From global crisis to hunger relief efforts, the messages you deliver save lives, inform important decision-making, and help keep communities safe and sound. The speed and scale of your content needs to be delivered faster and on a much larger scale. Brightspot Content Management System has supported some of the world's largest brands to communicate on a global scale. From Johnson & Johnson sharing critical information with their customers, to helping Whole Foods tell their brand story to a global audience. Brightspot is designed to handle rapid iteration and personalized messages to those you care about most. Learn more at brightspot.com forward slash marketing trends.